10 a.m., which means it's time for Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. We can't travel anywhere in the world. They won't accept us. I was going to say, the world <laughs> the world is suddenly uh, the, like the old world was. We didn't. We don't know anything outside of our little areas. We are the world is closed to us. Exactly. Uh, by the way, you sound crystal clear. So yeah. a, a win for Zoom and a loss for Google Hangouts. I'm just gonna throw that it out. Totally there. is a win for Zoom. This is a much better connection. So much better. Uh, so we we figured that part out. But we're excited to have Jeff back with us. We got a lot to talk about today. We got to catch up on what's going on in the world of cars. We've got to talk about pizza, which we'll get to in a moment. Uh, but we do have some breaking sports news, Jeff, if you would indulge us for just a moment. Always. Patrick Kinahan is reporting uh, minutes ago that Utah quarterback Jason Shelley will be transferring to Utah State to play quarterback. So uh, some good news for Jason Shelley, a good kid, a hard worker, talented quarterback. Uh, I think he'll do well in whatever capacity he plays there for the Aggies, but... Some breaking. Does that have to sit out? Uh, Brian Brown is producing for us today, our mm-hmm. eligibility expert. Does Jason Shelley have to sit out, or is he graduated? So I think he'll have finished with the summer term, whatever that is, okay. and that puts him on track to graduate. So he'll probably be able to play immediately. He's a graduate transfer, yeah. All right. So there you go. That good answers man. that. Uh, so good. It didn't sound like he was in Utah's plans. No. Uh, when you bring in two quarterbacks. Well, Cam Rising a year ago, and now Jake Bentley. That's pretty much it for Jason Shelley. Unless he wants yeah. to play receiver or safety, that's probably not going <laughs> to happen. Uh, but, hey, my friend uh, Riley Nelson played starting quarterback as a punt gunner, so anybody could could probably get Sorry, that's a little shot at my buddy Riley there. But, anywho. Uh, so there, some breaking news. Now, while we're on the sports train, Jeff, on a level of one zero to a thousand, a thousand being amazing, zero being what are we doing? Where are you on the NBA's return coming up here in a couple weeks? Like on whether I think it's a good idea or whether I'm excited to watch NBA basketball. Again. Let's do excitement first and good or bad idea second. I, I'm I'm pretty excited. I'm probably like in, in the nine hundred somewhere. I'm excited to watch professional basketball again. Yeah, me too. Uh, it means a lot, to, obviously, to my job for it to happen. Yeah. But as far as a good or bad idea, where are you on that zero to a thousand? It's not nearly that high. <laughs> not, mean, it's, yeah. It's an ugly situation going on in Florida right now. It's, to send all those guys into that situation <laughs> is a pretty dangerous thing. What did I see? They had 10,000 cases yesterday in the state of Florida. Ten thousand. Florida and Arizona, the two places that I don't think I would ever, I would want to be right now. Now they quote unquote are in a bubble at the wide world of sports. Uh, the they're East not State really camp. testing the people going in there. They're not testing the staff members they're going to see them every day. Exactly. Now, so if they're if those staffers, if those cast members, as Disney calls them, are splitting time between the Magic Kingdom and ESPN's wide world of sports, there's going to be a lot of holes in that their bubble but we'll say they're probably not sharing staffs but still it's just a it's a matter of trying to get basketball played while a pandemic is happening 
And I don't think they anticipated the pandemic being worse than it was when they announced this plan. I thought they, yeah, they, they were probably 10, figured it would be better. 10,300 positive cases yesterday. Ugh. Yucky. Gross. Yeah, I'm not going to Florida. That's Yeah, the problem is, is the death rate's climbing. I mean, they've gone from a death rate of 30 a day to 50, 60 a day in the last 33 weeks. Yeah, we got to turn this thing around. It's We talk about it all the time, Jeff, on this show, when we're talking about change, be it environmental change or whatever change we, we bring up on the show. We always talk about it might seem overwhelming, but when you focus on just what you can do differently in your day-to-day life, then it becomes easier. It becomes yeah, doable. And it's, I mean, the simplest thing that we put out for everyone, it's sad that it's become political. So it's not political. It's just put on a mask. Hmm. Let's say it has a 5% help rate, which I think it's a lot more help than that. It's still 5% better. And it didn't cost you much to put a mask on. Right. Yep. Like we have a, our policy in our stores right now is you don't walk through the door without a mask. Customer, employee, anybody. Yeah. Our guy, Brian, is behind the glass wearing a mask during the whole show here. And he's the only person in the room. I, no. I, I'm I'm here for the culture. I, I've worn a mask my whole life, but people just called it a beard before this. Ah, yes. So you know <laughs> the man mask. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm just trying to you know slowly suffocate myself throughout the course of this show by wearing a mask. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So we are masked up. I'm gloved up. Uh, we're and. I spray down everything in this studio before it's touched or used. And everything you your own has. microphone cover in? Yep, we each have our own individual microphone uh, covers that we that we carry around and put on the mic. So it works nice. out really well. Uh, but, as, as you know, when we hear 10,000 cases and 50, 60 deaths, it might be like, oh, just throw your hands up in the air. What can I do about that? But don't do yeah, that. We're still, just change your We're still doing everything we possibly can to make our stores as safe as possible. We, we disinfect lots of many many times a day we actually have disinfection stations now for cell phones oh we've got uv cleaning machines that you can come and clean your cell phone as a customer when did that start that's cool uh last week mike Aguilar put them in so we've got four of them two of them at each store that's great so so my wife works uh as a, at a at a t-mobile and the dirtiest thing any of us own is probably our cell phones no, without question. <laughs> so there at T-Mobile, they you would think that they were uh, dissecting ET with the gear that they've got on at the T-Mobile. Because everyone, the worst thing, because everyone takes their cell phone to the bathroom. Hey, hey, hey! This is a family show, Jeff. No one goes to the bathroom on this show. But you're right. No, no one, That's no one where, takes their cell phone. When, no, never. When you never see happens. someone tweet, you pretty much know where they is when they're doing that <laughs> tweeting. So. so the funny thing is that the sanitation station. Is on the way to the bathroom. Uh-huh. So now my new strategy is, is I, I drop my phone off at the sanitation <laughs> station when I go to the bathroom. <laughs> you leave it at so the cell phone. It's like a double phone. whammy. Not only am I not getting it dirtier, it's getting clean. You're leaving it at the cell phone daycare while you go take yeah, a break. It's at cell phone daycare while I'm in the bathroom. <laughs> bathroom break efficiency at Mark Miller's Mark Miller's right? through good the stuff? room. I mean, <laughs> good planning. I got a lot to do every day, Brian. It's, I got to make sure I do it right. Where do you get a cell phone UV cleaner? You just go on Amazon. Okay. You can. I think there's a Utah company called Phone Soap that sells. Yeah, Phone Soap. I don't think that's one. I don't know what brand we got, but yeah, it just puts UV rates on and kills 99% of viruses and stuff like that. So. Well, well, well. That's same idea. I don't know if it's 100% effective or how effective it is, but I can't make it worse. Yeah. 
No, right. And that, that the business to be in right now is probably the 99.9% uh, germ-killing business. Whatever yeah, you can I'm, surp- I'm, I'm guessing the world of Clorox isn't bad from a financial standpoint. Well, yeah, except I can't. I haven't. Have you seen anything named Clorox in the last four months? I haven't been able to find anything, at least on. Yeah, because they're, they're literally making as much as they possibly can and they can't keep it on the shelves. That's a pretty good business model. Yeah, it's like when I make pulled pork. You can't get it to the table before it's all gone. It, it's, it's, you can't keep up with One nice thing from the car standpoint is we're starting to get inventory again, which is good. That's great news because for the so last the factories shows, are back up and going. We're, let me see where we're at right now because I mean, for a while it, it was going to look pretty scary. The lots were looking a little empty. Yeah, and you guys like to have – it's a it's a delicate balance of – uh, having the, the right amount of supply and not too much supply on a car lot's uh, space. Yeah, our goal is to be somewhere between 45 to 60 days supply. And you were getting down in the 20s, weren't you? We're right now, our Midtown store is at 27 and our Southtown store is at 33. But you're about to climb back up to where you need to be. Yeah, the scary one is is Toyota. And Toyota was closed down for so long that they just hit, got killed as far as inventory. Hmm. So, I mean, they should be picking back up in the next two, three months. But our Toyota store has less cars than our Subaru stores. Wow. Which has never happened. In the history of our companies, we've never had less new cars in Toyota than Subaru. Inter- interesting. And that's, you know, Toyota being the number one selling car in America, what the, the Camry, for like the yeah. last 97 years. Uh, so, yeah, my brother was really smart about it when, he, when they were doing everything back in March and everybody was turning down allocations and turning down these future allocations. My brother took them all. Oh. And so they're actually going to be in really good shape over the next three, four months compared to other Toyota dealerships in Salt Lake as far as inventory. So they should have a pretty solid inventory at the downtown Toyota store compared to anybody else. Well, you know what? While we're talking Toyota, let me throw this your way. Uh, did you have you heard about the Toyota Corolla Cross that, that's being floated out there? Have you heard anything Corolla? about that? Cross? Yes. So Toyota has shown off a new small crossover model called the Corolla Cross. It, they say it's larger than the CHR and smaller than the Rav Four, and offers a hybrid drivetrain. Now, whether or not it's coming to the U.S. is not known. But it is going on sale in Thailand. Uh, it looks like a cross track. Yes, it looks a lot like. A, <laughs> it looks uh, like an awful lot like a cross It does look just like the Subaru cross track. That's why I was wondering if you had seen the, the depictions of it. And I, I was curious, why, why did it take Toyota so long to dip their toe into this lucrative area of cars? That's a good question on it because, I mean, it's a ridiculously popular segment right now. And it's just a matter of whether they feel like they can build something that can compete. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And they could like, for example, they tried to do the Venza at one point, if you remember, and it just, it just fell flat. Well, tell me if this sounds familiar, uh, powering the global version of the Corolla cross is a standard 1.8 liter inline four with 138 horsepower, 130 pound foot of torque mated to a CVT. <laughs> but with front wheel drive, where did where have I heard similar things before? Interesting, the, especially the Probably. CVT. Yeah. But the beauty of the cross check is the all wheel drive. Yes, you, this like, is that's still what they're missing. I, my guess is they're going to probably put either. Well, they're not even doing the option. All wheel drive nope. is not available. Not nope, not to begin here. And so that and that's I was curious about that. I don't know why yeah. 
But why would you have an all-wheel drive variant on that car? Well, why, frankly, why would you buy a crossover uh, kind, kind all-wheel of car drive. without all-wheel drive? Yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah, speaking of that, we can, let's let's jump. Should we jump right into the new cross track? Let's talk about it because that was some big news coming down from Subaru. They're getting a new cross track, and I've yeah, we've known know, it's coming for a long time. I've they been, finally announced it. We're actually taking orders now as well. So you and I have both been driving the Crosstrek for years and love it. Mm-hmm. Tell us what uh, is coming to us with the new set of Crosstreks, though. So it's a new freshened look, similar look, but it's just a color freshened design, right? So it's the major mid-update, whatever that is. Mm. So a new, bump, new front bumper, new grill. Um, from a base standpoint, there's not a ton of differences on it, right? But the difference is they've added a whole new model, which is the Crosstrek Sport which is brand new to the nameplate. They've never had it. So it's, so it is actually going to have a bigger engine. So people, what people have been complaining about the Crosstrek for a while is it's a little underpowered, yeah. that two-liter engine. So it will have a 2.5-liter, 182-horsepower, 176-torque engine, the same engine as the Forester. Awesome. And that's – so it, it goes from two-liter to two-and-a-half-liter, which – that people might think, well, what's half a liter? No, that's a big enough kick that it's you're going to... 30, horse, 30 horsepower and 31 feet of torque, so that's a big kick. Yes, that's a big upgrade. And, and yet, I'm looking at the prices, Jeff. Uh, everyone listening could probably afford a Crosstrek uh, on the on the proposed uh, prices that I'm seeing out there. Yeah, the nice thing is even the base models, there wasn't much of an increase. The, only, the price increase from 2020 to 2021 is only $140. Wow, that's unheard. So the starting price of a base model is twenty four six ninety five. When you get to a premium, it's about twenty five seven. And then when you get to this new sport model, which is going to have some other features, I'll talk about in a second. It's twenty seven five. Wow, it, that and that is, I think that's incredible news for a lot of people out there who might be feeling a pinch, but are still in need of a new ride coming their way. That you can yeah, so it's it. cool. So this sport one, it's going to have 17-inch wheels with gunmetal, like a gunmetal finish for the grill. A gunmetal. So it's a dark gray wheels, gunmetal finish on the grill and the badges. Inside, it's that new um, StarTech seat. So oh, I love water, that StarTech seat. Water repellent synthetic material. That's so our friend Roger Parkin, who's got a, a show Subaru and a dog Subaru. Now you can just have one. And, yeah, and the Onyx edition. Like the Onyx edition Outback came out with that new material, and so it's going to have that new material, and it's going to have yellow stitching and yellow trim inside it, kind of give it a little sportier look. Beautiful. And then the other thing they're going to add, then they're going to take the new on the limited trim now on the Crosstrek, will have the big engine as well. Oh, beautiful! So when you get into sport or limited, you'll have the big engine, the base and premium. You'll have the smaller engine. I am looking at these pictures. Uh, and uh, like we were just talking about the seats, I've long been a fan of that star. Was it Star Tech? So, star Tech is what they call it. Not Star Trek. Star Tech. Yeah, it's like water color to the point where you almost can spray it off. It, that's exactly what I was going to say. You just kind of wipe things off of it. You don't yeah, have it just to wipe right off. And yet it's so plush and comfortable too. You're not. You don't feel like you're sitting on a tracksuit of some kind. Yeah, it's been really popular on the Outback Onyx edition. So I think that's. I think they're moving to that, and then next year, the year after that, when the Wilderness editions come out. They'll all be this, that same interior. Now remind us the wilderness editions. That is that 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 doesn't change the engine or anything, right? It changes. It'll have a so the wilderness is kind of like what we've been building on cars ourselves. It'll okay. be lifted suspensions, ground plates underneath the car, mm-hmm. all-terrain tires, kind of the 
It's like the what's the Jeep called? The specialized Jeep. Uh, the the Gladiator. No. Uh, Rent. Now what is it? Gladiator is the pickup. The Rubicon. Right. The. No, it's no. a it's a brand on the Cherokee. It's let me look it up real quick. Patriot? No, not that. Because uh, we've talked about the, this before, and it does draw a comparison to that Jeep, uh, Jeep line. And the ground plates, I think, is the biggest. Uh, the Trailhawk, possibly? Trailhawk. T- talking about? Thank you, Brian. Yeah, the Trailhawk editions. So it's similar to what the Jeep does with the Trailhawk editions. So it'll be a little higher. It'll have that ground plate uh, cover on, on the bottom. Yeah, just built for being off-road. The all-terrain, like big stubby all-terrain tires with the white letters on the side of them. Beautiful. So, but that yeah. that's coming down the line. We're not starting with that th- one. Yeah, I think you're about a year or two away from that. And okay. you'll see it in the, I know you'll see it in the Outback. I know you'll see it in the Forester. When do you think we'll be able to get our hands on the 2021 Crosstrek? Um, we're taking orders right now. My guess is August, September. Oh, wow. That soon. Yeah, I mean, it's, they're, I think they're in production. That's amazing. That's terrific news. And uh, of course, it is eyesight standard now? Or are we still... Uh, yeah, I said standard on that car. So you can get the base model and get uh, get the safety features that, you, that you've that you come to love from Subaru. Awesome. Yep. We've been... Our, our lease on our Subaru ends uh, the middle or end of October, I think. And we have loved our Crosstrek. Loved, loved, loved our Crosstrek. And it's been uh, so nice to have... We are able to afford the top-of-the-line stuff. It's like the only thing I've ever been able to be proud of and say yeah i've got that really nice thing and everyone's like whoo you must make some money i'm like no 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 no. i'm just a humble simple man that knows the right place to shop so i'm excited for people out there about the 21 subaru crosstrek that's awesome news uh jeff i want to talk about pizza for a little bit today in fact our poll I like pizza. our poll who doesn't like pizza our poll question today 855 340-ZONE, 855-340-ZONE to get on the show. I want to know the best pizza you've ever eaten. Where was it? What type of pizza? All the details. The best pizza you've ever had, 855-340-ZONE. And the reason why pizza is on my mind, other than, yeah, it's always on my mind. I've got a two-track <laughs> mind, sports and pizza. Uh, so the reason that it is uh, more so on my mind is I, I was reading an article on CNN Business by Matt McFarland where he dove into, dived into, the history behind the invention of Domino's pizza car, which I've kind of the weirdest at. idea in history. Right. I've kind of laughed at it for a few years, but reading this article... I'm not laughing anymore. This guy named uh, Nicholas DePire, he worked at a uh, local motors, an automaker in 2012. Domino's approached him to reinvent pizza delivery. He spent the next 18 months pouring over the details of making the ultimate pizza delivery car. By the end of it, discovered that the best solution wasn't about the pizza, not really at least, but if he, he figured if you want to make more money, focus on the driver. And so they they have they ultimately landed what was it the spark that they went with the Chevy yeah, it's spark. a Chevy spark that they put it in and they did that for various reasons the the warranty the the availability the pricing of it at the time and they turned this they included an oven with a rear door entry to the oven they included pizza security 
which means the pizza boxes aren't going to be flying around or sliding anywhere. Your pizza is going to come delivered unless he trips coming up the stairs to your house. Your pizza is going to be delivered intact. Another problem they, they had was delivery drivers would uh, deliver the pizza with the bottle, the two-liter bottle of soda, and the family would tip the driver, the driver would leave, the family would sit down to eat, and they'd have a soda bomb go off in their at their dining kitchen uh, their kitchen table because that bottle had been rolling around the back seat all the way to the house and so they've made these little uh, bottle holders that are really secure and the they took out the passenger seat warmer and uh, and devoted that uh, heat to that oven I was talking about earlier so anyway it's it's a fascinating read as they retrofit the Chevy Spark to be the ultimate pizza delivery car and at the time in 2013 when this came out 14 really i kind of scoffed at it but now in the world we live in jeff i don't know about you but i'm getting everything delivered to our house i i the only time i ever step inside a place is when i absolutely need something right now otherwise i'm getting everything door dashed or whatever right to my doorstep groceries and whatnot and I have enlisted the help of Domino's Pizza a time or two to help my starving family survive a day. Have you ever gotten one delivered in one of those DXP delivery cars? And that's where I was just going to go is I'm very saddened to say I've not had the pleasure of them pulling up in one of those DXPs, no. According to the Domino's DXP.com website, yeah. there is one in the state of Utah. Only one, though. Come on, Domino's. Where are you There's at? only 154 in the country. Yeah. Well, so maybe it's... The amount of money they spent on the website and hyping this thing up. <laughs> <laughs> but do you, so, do you like Domino's Pizza? I like Domino's I love Domino's Pizza. pizza. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'm think, a big fan. The, the problem is, in the, the new house, I mean, it's... You know, sorry? It's in, a, it's in a small little new neighborhood that was built. Oh, your new house? Yeah. Yeah. And so it's not on Google Maps. Right. So I can't use the Domino's app. You have to call it in? Yeah, and it's just so annoying. Uh, we've we've run into that as well. We we moved into a new spot in November, and uh, it's interesting. iPhone users can't find our house. Yeah, the same Android way, the same users issue. can find it easily, but I think we're the other way around, which is bad because everyone really? uses Google. Yeah. Yep. Like on uh, an iPhone, our address shows up. But uh, so I'd like to know people's favorite, the best pizza they've ever had. Now our guy Brian is. Uh, a physical fitness expert, but he's also a food expert of the of the highest variety. Can you immediately off the top of your head, Brian Brown, answer what's the best pizza you've ever had? It's almost like what's your favorite child? Uh, no, not like all time yeah. favorite. I, I think it's I think it's actually a divisive topic, but my favorite <laughs> local place is the pie, without okay. a doubt. All um, right. You know what? There was a place. They know how to do pizza. Yeah, the they do. Yeah. And and cheese. And those are two things that, despite my stature, you know, I really do love. <laughs> Look, we're in radio because we aren't fitness models, Brian. That's and, and we're proud to be so. And you can't be a fitness model and a pizza expert. It's impossible. You save your, what's that, Jeff, what's that line from the, the movie Inside Out? Uh, congratulations, San Francisco. You've ruined pizza. Pizza. Yeah. <laughs> so, let yeah, us no know. Broccoli on my pizza. Eight five five three four zero zone. What's the best pizza you've ever had? Uh, my sp- I, the best pizza I ever ever had was a little spot in 
Queen Anne, Washington. It's just right outside of Seattle. And it's called Olympia House, Olympia Spaghetti House, uh, or Pasta House, or something like that, Olympia. And it is, we went to Seattle on a vacation, and we were there for almost four days. And we had that place three times while we were there. <laughs> it was so good. In fact, we, on our way out of town, we stopped to get another pie to take with us to sit in the airport and eat. Uh, wow. It, obviously, we didn't make it to the airport. We finished it before we got there. But... Uh, also, I don't think they would have let me through TSA with that pizza. But yeah, I don't think you can go through TSA with pizza. But it was so good, so good. So let us know your favorite pizza, 855-340-ZONE. Any other questions, comments, stories you've got, doesn't have to be about pizza. We'd love to hear from you, 855-340-ZONE. We'll take our first break of the show today. Coming up next, we're going to get a little car industry political as Ford is in the news, I'm interested to get Jeff's take on this situation Ford's going through next, right here on Utah Car Sense. Have a car question? Ask the experts at 855-340-ZONE. You're listening to Utah Car Sense with Jeff Miller and Austin Horton. Presented by Mark Miller Subaru. On 97.5 and 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Welcome back, Utah Car Sense, presented by Mark Miller Subaru. 97.5, 1280 The Zone. We're here each and every Saturday, 10 a.m. to noon. I'm Austin Horton. Brian Brown producing for us today. And Jeff Miller hosting the show from a safe distance, thanks to our good friends at the Zoom Incorporation. Boy, uh, IBM... Apple and Zoom, things Xerox back in the day, things I wish I had bought Google, things I wish I had bought stock in when it was dollars and Tesla. hundreds of Tesla. <laughs> I mean, yeah, as much as I dislike Elon Musk and, and I think he's a crooked person, I sure wish I would have invested in his crooked company uh, <laughs> when it was available oh at less gosh, than a thousand dollars a share or whatever it is now. So, fifteen forty-four. Oh my. Bleh. Wow. Wow. It's good to be good to be in that business if you got into it, uh, which, by the way, did you see what uh, Amber Heard and Johnny Depp and their connection to Elon Musk? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's well, crazy, isn't it? Well, don't Google it with the kids around, but we'll just say uh, Johnny Depp threatened Elon Musk for <laughs> allegedly canoodling with his then wife, Amber Heard. Uh he, he uh, Lorena Bobbitt style is what was threatened. That was a, uh, it seems like that Amber Heard Johnny Depp relationship was pretty fiery. That, that what might be, when you look up the, the, the term toxic relationship, <laughs> that their picture might appear. Yeah, that might be in the dictionary forever. <laughs> Merriam Webster might just put their photo right there for toxic relationship, but anywho. Uh, all right, we're asking for your favorite pizza of all time, 855-340-ZONE, or any other question, comment, or story you've got. But before we get to phone calls, Jeff, I want to get your reaction to what's going on with the Ford company. Ford CEO Jim Hackett has rejected employees' calls to get out of the police car business saying the automaker can both support the Black Lives Matter movement while selling the majority of America's police cars. Now, and he goes on to say some, some more things, but we all know that Ford, a big side of their business, is when you see a cop car, it's more or less a Ford these days. Yeah. 
Absolutely. Where do you agree or disagree with CEO Jim Hackett that they can both support the, the BLM movement and still be in the police car business? I 100%. I, I support him in that one. I mean, I think he's dead right on that call. I mean, it's the same way as us. I mean, I'm an, I'm an honorary colonel in both the Unified Police Department and the South Salt Lake Police Department. But I heavily support the Black Lives Movement matter as well. It's not in itself. I, you can still support the police while saying they need to be reformed. Yes. Yep. And I think that's the idea of what they say, that there, there needs to be changes. There needs to be reform. There needs to be more community policing. There needs to be more money put into the community versus the police department. That you can say that stuff while still supporting the police. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I got I to gotta circle back. You're a honorary colonel? I am a colonel. I'm forevermore calling department. you Colonel Miller. That's, I think you should. Uh, that's, I don't think I have a choice. Yeah, I've been an honorary colonel with the Unified Police Department for a, quite a long time, five or six years. And then the Salt, South Salt Lake Police Department just started an honorary colonel's program, and Mark Miller Schubert is an honorary member. That's great. That's great. Yeah, because we did a lot with South Salt Lake Police Department when Officer Rommel was shot last year. Oh, yeah. And we actually, we actually sent a group of them to the memorial in D.C. Oh, that's awesome. I didn't know that. To, to help honor him. Uh, a memorial that a lot of fallen officers memorial that a lot of officers don't get to see in their exactly. lifetime. Exactly. Yeah. So they all, they went out there and we sent them with the flag signed by all of our employees and it was it was really cool. Beautiful. Yeah, I, I agree with you and uh, Hackett, Jim Hackett, because I think there's there's got to be a balance between just uh, canceling everything and calling on reform while still supporting the good that our police uh, uh, entities do in this world and in our community. Absolutely. Uh, I grew up uh, the son of a police officer. Uh, and what that, all that meant to me was that my dad went to work at a jail every day and I hoped he came home. He luckily didn't have, he, he wasn't on patrol. He, he had <laughs> an office that he sat in. And so I don't think that I have a, 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 a higher opinion than anyone else because he never brought it home. I never really knew what it was like for him to be a police officer until after he had retired. But I do know that there are in any group of any uh, uh, company or any line of work anywhere, there is going to be people that need to be weeded out and removed from their power, whatever that power is. If it's a manager at Subway or Take if it's, it to the, or we're talking, we're in a car show. Take it to the car business. Yeah. If it's, if it's Carlos goes really, <laughs> I, I have no problem saying out there. There's some really bad car dealers out there that take advantage and hurt people's lives every day. Right. In fact, in I was, this community, I was just talking with my neighbor about that yesterday. Yeah. In uh, this community there, does that, but so that needs to happen is there needs to be reform and they, there needs to be ways to weed out those bad companies and get them in trouble. And if they have to get, put out of business and get them put out of business. But yeah. that doesn't mean you should shut down all police, all car dealerships. Right. Or even maybe that company is run by an honorable person, but has a couple bad employees that aren't doing the thing the, the right way. And Same that way, yeah. needs to be weeded out. So yeah, I would agree with that. we can both uh, want change, demand change, fight for change. And by fight, I mean, uh, in the right way, I don't mean bashing skulls or, any, or graffitiing things, but we can ask for and demand and hold our leaders to a higher standard while also still supporting those people who have sworn to protect and serve. So, yep. uh, pretty I simple. I think that you're starting to see more police review boards, and hopefully a lot of these police review boards get a little bit more power so they can actually push change. Yeah.
I think most of us is pro- have probably had uh, a good and a bad encounter with police in our time. Mm-hmm. If, and I'm talking minor stuff like traffic violations. You've, we've all we've pretty much all been pulled over for speeding or one thing or another, and we've had the officers who are polite and uh, but stern and still enacting in, in, in their job of keeping everyone safe, and we've had those officers that might be quote unquote power tripping. And it's a, whether you get a ticket or not, for me, does not determine whether it was a good or bad experience with the police. If I break a law, I should get a ticket. But it doesn't have to be that I'm, uh, you know, a felon in that officer's eyes either. So it's a it's a balance. And I think Ford, I mean, I think Ford's done a nice job with it. I mean, I think it's I think that's a good way of handling it. Just we support it. We're going to handle it. We don't tolerate racism. We're but we're still going to support the police and provide them with the vehicles they need to do their jobs. Yeah. And, and you know, right. I want to show Toyota, came, Toyota had a big issue this week on it, too, where they fired a couple of their employees in one of their factories. Oh, I didn't hear about this. What happened there? Yeah, it was there were the incident reported earlier by the independent said two employees, including a supervisor, were fired after a video surfaced of the supervisor kneeling on a file binder on June 6th and said that'll keep them down. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, and they they ended up they took quick action on it and terminated all of them. Wow, good. And I hope that they, uh, well, I don't know how how vindictive to get, but I would I would hope that that doesn't just disappear and they're allowed yeah, to do just, that kind of thing somewhere else they, now. So. I mean, it's the same thing we did. If we, I mean, if we found any employee in our organization and watched them or we recorded and saw videos of them doing something like that, they would be fired in two seconds. No questions asked. Well, so there you go. Uh, one thing I wanted to change, though, in that article is that the, it says Ford CEO Jim Hackett rejected employees' calls. I didn't see it as that. I saw him listen to what they're saying and explain, I understand your concern, but we can both do, uh, we can both support Black Lives Matter and still uh, provide our police with good, strong vehicles. So I, and I, he actually I, sent a letter. He sent a 600-word letter to all the staff. And it and it was it seemed very caring to me. I don't know if an, if an attorney or whoever probably wrote it for him. I don't know, but I, if I were an employee who wanted Ford to get out of uh, providing police cars to uh, to the police, and I read that letter, I would at least be willing to listen to his side and say, okay, well, we disagree, but at least it's an amicable disagreement. It was not, I am the CEO, and we will do this, and we will do that, and you will like it. It wasn't anything like that. So I would have changed that the writing of that article a little bit. I don't think he rejected the calls for, for that, but anywho. Yeah, his, his exact quote was, it's not controversial that the Ford Police Interceptor helps jobs to do their job. The issue plaguing police credibility has nothing to do with the vehicle they're driving. Right. But because it was a Ford next to George Floyd did not mean that that caused Derek Chauvin to murder him. And it's not that Ford didn't do anything to support that. Right. It's just that Derek Chauvin is a monster and needed to be removed from society. So, all right. So there you go. A little bit heavy, but I I like to run those things by by you, Jeff. Uh, You're an expert and and a voice in that world. I have another, I have an interesting one that I, there's actually an article on it, but it actually came up in my Audemars meeting, which I thought was really interesting. And it's the idea of subprime credit during this, the COVID stuff. 
the idea of what now? Time. Sub par the, the sub subprime subprime credit during this the COVID. Okay, what was the discussion? So what's happening is because of all of the stimulus money and money getting pushed into the system with the unemployment money and all that kind of stuff in the subprime world, who's getting the people in that subprime world are getting a lot of that money. Banks are having a hard time understanding the true nature of their business because they're not getting past dues yet. Oh, okay. So even though they know that that market is struggling and they know that they should be expecting to be 10 or 20% past due right now, they're not. Isn't that interesting? So to, to just catch up myself here, they haven't been called on past due payments yet, but they will be. So if we're looking at a market with, with 11, 15, 11 to 15% unemployment like we are right now, right? Yes. We'd expect in the subprime world, like with our bank, with Jayco, we'd expect to have 20% delinquency rates. Okay. At least. 20 to 25% delinquency rates. And you're not seeing generally that. Generally, the people in the subprime world are the first people to get laid off. Right. And you're not because, yet seeing and those. We're only, and we're seeing actually better payment rates than we did before this. Interesting. And it's because of the artificial money getting put into the system. Right. The stimulus but, but money. What's scaring a lot of these subprime lenders and scaring what could happen from the economy in a whole is when that money stops, which is about two weeks away on the unemployment money, mm -hmm. if that's going to take a really nasty turn in the next two months. So what is what are you guys doing there uh, to combat that? What are you changing? So we, I mean, so and a good example is we we tried to set up everything we possibly do to cut to help these customers. And I we instructed our people running Jayco and everything like that that if someone calls and they want a payment deferral for a few months to get through this, give it to them. Hmm. No questions asked. If they ask, give it to them. And we maybe got three or four calls. That's it. Of the two hundred accounts we have. And you're thinking that's not because oh, things are okay and we shouldn't worry about it. You're thinking it hasn't happened yet. There's yeah. artificial money from the stimulus checks and the unemployment money and in, that's out there. And you put that two-week time frame, you could see from three to five total calls going up to hundreds. I don't know. I, that's what – I mean, you talk, I talked to the guys who had some insight on Larry Miller's prestige group and – some of the other some of the other subprime groups out there they run their own paper and run their own loans mm -hmm. and they're all seeing the same thing i am that everyone's paying right now but they don't think it's real hmm. it's but it's uh, artificial money that's a good word it's artificially taken care of yeah interesting so that that could be something we need to keep our eye on in the next couple of weeks. Maybe next time we talk, we'll be seeing some of that happen. Which and it's getting harder though for people to get loans because of employment status, because of questionable employment thing. I know I looked at trying to do a refinance on my house, and the requirements right now for a refi have gone through the roof. Yeah, like uh, we're pretty lucky they got a loan done a year ago. That's so we 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 were talking about refinancing even though we just moved in in november we saw yeah. the rates we went well this makes sense to refinance but we never we never went through it and what i've been hearing from people that have is it was almost not worth it <laughs> yeah the, the amount of paper and the amount of like money required and I mean, when i talked to them they were requiring 18 months payments in a bank account yeah so i i wouldn't even qualify in a bank that. account cash yeah wow like what wow <laughs> really 
who has yeah. that? So, but that's what's Jeez. happening in the subprime because of COVID and a lot of banks worried about people being out of work and they only make their payments. Yeah. Cause they don't, that's the, my interpretation of the banks thinking we're far from over on this. Yep. Hey, uh, last time you and I spoke, we were talking about how the Carlos Gozen story is already being uh, put into the works for film and TV productions. And it's going to be the guy from, what's it called? From Rookie of the Year. Dan Hedaya. Hedaya, yeah, there you go. You nailed it with that, uh, Dan. If that, I, guy, I, if, that, if that guy doesn't get that job, he <laughs> blew that thing so bad. <laughs> so I was just watching an episode of Monk on Amazon Prime, and Dan Hedaya plays Monk's dad in, in an episode. And I thought, oh, Jeff is absolutely right. That looks just like Carlos Gozan. Uh, well, the father and Actually, son... the same person. They, the, the, I've never seen them in the same place together. I'll, I'll say that. Uh, the father and son who are accused in the Carlos Gozan escape uh, are have been denied bail. A U.S. judge said uh, last Friday or yesterday, two Massachusetts men posed too great of a risk of flight to be released on bail given spectacular allegations that they helped orchestrate former Nissan chairman Carlos Gozin's escape from Japan. Jeff, remind everyone why Carlos Gozin uh, was in trouble in the first place. Uh, It was fraud and giving dealerships, dealerships in the Middle East that have been taking kickback. There's lots of, (laughs) he did a lot of bad stuff. Yes. He was, he was alleged to have been a very bad and of person. Of course there's a bail. Of course they're not going to give bail to these guys. <laughs> the guy's job is to get people to escape. Right. That's what they do. U.S. Army Special Forces veteran Michael Taylor and his son Peter had also failed to show they would likely succeed in fighting the charges underlying Japan's recent request for their extradition. Uh, Gosen fled to Lebanon uh, allegedly uh, with the help of Michael and Peter Taylor by hiding inside uh, instrument cases uh, <laughs> that a concert like, venue. These guys are really arguing the fact that they're not a flight risk? Flying him to Turkey and then uh, fleeing from there to Lebanon. So, Like, these guys are the definition of a flight risk. Obviously, they're the guys that do flight risk. This is their gig. This is, they get this people is what out. they do, is they get people out of the country. So I don't know that this was a long thought over Ag- anguishing decision that U.S. Chief Magistrate Judge Donald Cabell had to sit through. Seemed like yeah, he would have gone, like, uh, uh, really? Yeah, denied. <laughs> like, you're on trial for getting people out of the country. Probably did it you're over text trial. message. Didn't even have to. <laughs> he didn't have to think this one over very we long. Really have to have a, we really have to have a trial here, right? We're really going to have a hearing. Okay. Let's, let's listen. <laughs> <laughs> Give them their, ta- their chance because we have to. But, yeah, they're, they're going to be in prison forever. Uh, or if not for, probably forever, but for a long, long time. Now, well, they're gonna. The idea is they're trying to extradite them to Japan because that's which, where they'll face charges. Then they'll never be seeing the light of day uh, again. So, uh, the the issue then, my question then is, Jeff, if Carlos goes and paid these guys millions of dollars to get him out of Japan, did they have enough time and opportunity to hide those monies elsewhere? So at least they're friends and loved ones can partake in the millions or are they going to be uh are they going to be found out and and taken as well seized as it were well the the thing is is that while japan has an extradition agreement if the money's been repatriated in the u.s they i don't think that japan can come after the money in the u.s the u.s can right but japan could not but but they're not being charged with anything in the u.s right 
Yeah, it's the crime was in Japan. The crime is a Japanese crime. They're held in the U.S., but the, they're held in the U.S. until they're going to get sent that way. Yes. The crazy thing is, Gosen is still free because he got to Lebanon, which is and Lebanon uh, has no extradition treaty with Japan. Yeah, that's you think why would someone want to live in Lebanon? That's why. That's why you want to live in Lebanon. And that's his childhood home, also. Oh, I didn't know that. He's from Lebanon. I did not know that. Yeah, I thought I, for some reason I thought he was uh, elsewhere. Uh, but you know, that's <laughs> you, you flee to a country like that because you have dirt and you don't want to be extradited. That's that's just really it. All right. So the Carlos goes in saga grows and grows and grows. Yeah, and we're gonna. I feel like we're gonna be talking about that one for the next couple of years. It feels like like, the movie comes out. Yes, it feels like the Volkswagen thing. It's gonna be a part of every Utah Car Sense episode for the foreseeable future. Uh, Is there been a movie yet on the Volkswagen thing? I was just coming out. uh, If if uh, you thought at least by now, perhaps maybe Lifetime at least would have had some dopey thing produced about it, but no, there has not been the 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 quickness with which they turned around the movie The Big Short and how great it was. That was just a couple years after the the mortgage situation okay, here in this so country. Okay, so Hollywood Reporter, there is a movie in the works for the VW uh, cheating scandal. But that was like five, four years ago. Well, I wonder because Volkswagen was the one that got caught, but it wasn't just Volkswagen. We can all. So agree. Leonardo DiCaprio is producing a movie. Oh. So on the Volkswagen clean decent scandal for Paramount. Interesting. Every, but you know, we talk about the guy who wrote the big shorts writing the script. Oh, really? Okay, so there you go. So there you go. They are being smart about it because that's the way to do it. Because honestly, a movie about a mortgage crisis sounds boring, but then when you look at how they wrote it and how they acted and how they directed, it's a really good movie. You've seen that movie, right, Jeff? Yep. You haven't? No, big short. Yeah, I love that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. It's a incredible, and it is incredibly accurate. On how that whole thing went down too, so I'm glad to hear that Randolph will be writing the the Volkswagen cheating scandal script. That's yeah, this article is back in March of 2019, so who knows where it's at? But well, and with COVID, no one is shooting anything these days. No, everything's not going to be any good movies coming out next little bit. When does Top Gun come out? Uh, it's slated for I thought December. Now uh, I'll have to let's see. Top Gun Maverick release is December 23rd. It was supposed to have been in June, or actually, I think Memorial Day, and now it's been moved to December. So wear your mask if you want to see Top Gun Maverick, December 23rd. How about that? There you go. (laughs) All right, coming up in hour two, we'll get some more news about uh, the world of Subaru. There's also a comprehensive list of the best car movies currently available to stream. While you're in okay. quarantine, talk about that. But you know what else we gotta talk about? What's that? Now that it's now that it's quarterlies, we gotta have our numbers. You know what? We'll we can't start talk about it every month anymore because no one reports anymore. But right. We'll start. Uh, so we talk about quarterlies. We'll start the eleven o'clock hour talking about quarterlies and just how bad, or has it not been as bad as expected thus far uh, through uh, 2020? Next, right here on Utah Car Sense.